0: Source. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that here's Heaney from the Boundary line, he's an expert at these. From the Boundary line!
1: Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host Pez, I'm here with Source, and we're here to talk about footy sauce, but it feels like only yesterday where we uh, recapped
0: uh, round two. Hey guys, uh, that's because it was only yesterday yeah. Pez, uh, that's what happens, we do love the Thursday night games but uh, that's what uh, it really does, it puts us here behind the boundary Under the pump a little bit, like some of the teams coming into round three, 0-2, and and a couple of uh, unsurprising figures, actually. Got Brisbane 0-2 set to be one of the top teams. You've got a couple of teams that were expected to uh, make the top eight, as some people have predicted, that they're sitting 0-2 in Essendon and uh, North and uh, Carlton. So a big round three for a lot of teams. No one predicted a couple of those teams (laughs) to be in the the final source. That's a bit cheeky there. their supporter base.
1: That's a bit cheeky there. But uh, one thing I do miss is the teams coming out. On a Thursday night for the whole round because tomorrow night I know the game would be on but we'd get the teams for all the all the round and the Sunday we'd get the three emergencies that quite possibly could come in as well and that was good for everyone. It was good for tippers, it was good for punters, it was good for super coach players, uh, just good for football and the, the coaches and coronavirus had to go and ruin that last season.
0: Yeah, it definitely puts um, a lot of people under the pump and they spend a lot of the week hypothesising about the people that are coming in. So when you listen to this show, some of the, the names that we could mention that are predicted to be in have trained well during the week, played well in the VFL. Uh, they might actually uh, get up for the game or they might not get up for the game. So, But that's what we do anyway. We bring you, um, I guess, one of our, our new favourite segments, Pez, in end-to-end. We go through all the games and we make our predictions, we pick a nice line and um, I think we should just get into it.
1: Fremantle from one end to the other. It's really interesting. There you are, Source Straight into end to end this week. Getting around round three of footy. Make sure you follow us at Behind the Bound on all the socials Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And leave us a five star review on any podcast device that you do listen to us
0: on. Leave us the comments. It really helps us out uh, climb the ladder in the podcast segment. Yeah, climbing the ladder, like uh, one of these teams that we were about to talk about, Pez. Uh, some big predictions for Brisbane coming into the round um, round three game, but uh, there's been a little bit of a spanner thrown in the works for the first game. This game um, was meant to be fixtured at Brisbane. Brisbane went to host Collingwood. I can see in the AFL fixture that they still are the home team, so they must be playing under Fitzroy this week.
1: Oh, yeah, it's, it's a big... Uh
0: Big twist twi- twist,
1: and change around because Brisbane have not gone home since that Geelong debacle from last week. And I don't want to get talking about that source <laughs> because you know how long I've gone about that for. But Brisbane have to go to Marvel. Collingwood playing at Marvel as well. Not the MCG, so it's a little bit better for them. Uh, and they've actually swapped their fixtures for later in the year because uh, Collingwood played Brisbane twice and they've swapped the game, I think in round 22, round towards the end of the season, that'll be up in the Gabba instead of the MCG.
0: Yeah, it could um, prove really cr- critical for Brisbane because if, if they would expect normally to go back to Brisbane for this game, they probably mop around uh, Collingwood at home at the, the fortress that is the Gabba. But uh, they play an informed Collingwood side after their bounce back week last week and uh, they, they really risk going 0-3. And with an uncertainty of when they're going to return to Brisbane, really, really dangerous, uh, dangerous game for, for Brisbane. Oh, completely uh, dangerous, and for the punters and tippers out there, we'll have to
1: see what goes on. But the teams are actually in for this one, Source, on the Wednesday night. So, for Collingwood, out goes Jamie Elliott, injured, and in comes Chris Maine. Trey Rusco is omitted. He did come on as a medical sub and kick a goal in the second half last week against Carlton, but it's a bit weird this season with the medical sub because the medical sub's always getting omitted the next week if they're not in the, in the best 22, and then they'll probably be the medical sub again. So it's a little bit strange, two people out, one person in. Uh, Brisbane Oscar McInerney got injured last week we spoke about that in our show yesterday uh, Coleman has been omitted who came on as a medical sub last week Harry Sharp the first gamer and Jackson Pryor omitted Connor Balladin comes in uh, Devin Robinson and Marcus Adams uh Ex bulldog comes back into the lineup as well
0: for Brisbane. Yeah, he'll find himself nice at home, uh, so he'll be probably the only one playing at home there <laughs> for uh, Brisbane at the Marvel Stadium because we know the uh, the Western Bulldogs play that uh, game really well. Really interesting game this one because I think this was in Brisbane. Everyone would not even think twice about tipping Brisbane, but the element of them staying in Melbourne for the week, the interrupted, um, I guess, pre pre um, sort of warm ups to the game really puts the game in doubt. And, and, and honestly, Pez, I'm, I'm a little bit, I uh, was sort of 50-50 with this game, but I think you've got to back in the, the Lions in this one. They were very inaccurate against uh, Geelong, and that seems to be the trend with them. The Collingwood, I think that they looked good last week, but I think they were more responding to the criticism that they copped from that round one loss, uh, and I think that's all, all it really was. I don't think they were playing a Carlton side that, you know, we spoke about on our last pod, that have a bit of a culture of losing there, but realistically, yeah, I think, that, I think the Lions can get it done. That's the big point there, Source. Collingwood bounced back and had a massive win.
1: They played against Carlton. I know we all backed Carlton in and we were tipping Carlton, most uh, tippers out there, but they were only playing them. Now, the line Source, minus three and a half in Collingwood's favour. So I'm guessing you think Brisbane's going to win? You're going to go the plus?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think um, I, I mean, I've mean i tipped them to, to win. They'll probably be my... Uh, will probably one of my loser tips this week. Uh, Collingwood would be to lose there. I might give that some weight. I'm not going to oh, bore G- you, Pez, because you're G- not in there anymore. Any I, so. I don't care about that.
1: I only care about the Lions, mate. And just a, <laughs> a quick update on that. Uh, Pez 11, Source 8. So you've got a bit of catching up to do this round. But you're on the Lions. Uh, now, I'm going to be on the Lions as well, Source, at the plus 3.5 there. I think they can win the game. Uh, we know Collingwood's back line is really strong. Uh, Jeremy Howes, you know, he still hasn't got back to his full fitness or anything like that, but he's down there as well. But Darcy Moore, who was killing it last week. Now, Brisbane, they're not going to be as stupid as what Carlton were last week and just bombing the ball down in Darcy Moore's direction. So I think that they can run the ball in, get a better uh, spot-up uh, forwards, uh, 45, 40 metres out, kicking for goal. The only thing that will lose Brisbane the game, apart from the umpires if they if they do that again, is their inaccurate goal-kicking. I think they, they win in the midfield uh, against the the Collingwood team I think their back line can hold up because this is where they win the game because I don't think Collingwood's forward line uh, wants to kick goals I think Brisbane in the middle of the ground can stop them from kicking to players on the lead like Jordan Goey and Jamie Elliott who's not even playing so it strengthens strengthens Brisbane's back line there Harris Andrews you've got Mason Cox and Brady mychek I don't rate them very highly as forwards so I think that Collingwood can't kick a score at Marvel Stadium that will beat Brisbane so Confident in this one That Brisbane will win They are outsiders And a lot of people Will be back in Collingwood After last week But uh, saw and Pez Both on Lions Plus three and a half
0: Yeah most definitely Pez You touched on their their Scoring ability And I sort of uh, Articulated this last week In the podcast And got it completely wrong With some of those Small forwards stepping up But the stats don't lie They're, they're sitting last In inside 50s Averaging 44 Almost 11 behind the, the Brisbane Lions And we saw how Damaging they can be When they go forward Last week They got a lot of rebound 50s the Magpies And realistically It was because The ball was being kicked into Darcy Moore hands two weeks in a row. The Western Bulldogs just blazed away and gave him straight to the pill, and Carlton, I think they must have had a clash of the jumpers because they were giving him straight to the ball, and that's where they're getting most of their offence. Brisbane, uh, whilst they are inaccurate when going for goal, uh, leading into that forward line, they get a lot of good options going forward into, into that uh, scoring attack. Yeah, on
1: some of the smaller players. I think Charlie Cameron needs to step up, Lincoln McCarthy, players like that, and the two big fellas, uh, Joe Danher and Eric Kipwood. I don't know where Darcy Moore's going to stand, but... I think both of them need to get out of each other's way, lead to the opposite side of the ground or something, and then get some free ball in
0: there. So... Let's go to the Lions and we move on to the Good Friday. Yeah, we do Good Friday event, which is starting to become a little bit of a tradition. Uh, I don't know how long North Melbourne can hold this tradition. They they <laughs> fought really hard to get this year. They've been extremely disappointing the last couple of years uh, towards it. They had that uh, that shock loss towards the um, against uh, the Essendon Bombers a couple of years ago, but other than that, they've been really disappointing when they play the Western Bulldogs. So this game's four twenty at Marvel Stadium. North Melbourne playing the Doggies. The line for this one is huge. It is forty two and a half. I think that's the biggest line we've seen this season. It is the biggest one this season and is the biggest one this round. Um, I mean, it's very obvious here we're both going to be going the doggies um, to to win the game, but what can North do to actually, um, you know, stay competitive in this game? Uh, Noble was really, really disappointed last week with their performance and and I'm assuming there'll be a lot of players that'll get the axe this week.
1: There's been a lot of talk in the media and his press conferences this week, Source, um, asking David Noble, do North Melbourne actually do deserve to be in this game and and Good Friday and represent what it represents. And he's saying, of of course we bloody do. We're we're in there, we're ready to go, we're ready to fight. Um, David Noble's just been there for two seconds. He's actually got (laughs) no other choice but to say that. But the AFL are going to look seriously hard at putting two teams in there that are actually going to show a good performance on Good Friday. Um, NRL have been doing Good Friday footy for years and they've been very successful, whereas um, there have been a few good games on the on the Good Friday and close uh, games, including with ones with North Melbourne. But if North Melbourne are going to be as bad as they seem to be, uh, they're not going to keep that for very long. So, interesting enough, if it was tipping, as you said, we both tipped the Bulldogs very easily, but 42.5, over seven goals... Um, <laughs> I'm a bit worried about the, the Bulldogs' ability to score, kicking it in high to their big forwards, and I've spoken about that previously on the show. I'm also uh, a bit nervous about their backline and how it stands up against the really good teams. Now, North Melbourne, not a very good team, but uh, it looks like Ben Cunnington might
0: make his return sauce. Is that right? Yeah, that was confirmed during the week. Uh, Noble said that he would definitely play after missing the first two games. So that will that would sort of um, give them a little bit of a boost in that midfield, but you still got to have more than just one guy. And we saw last year Cunnington when he was playing. He was good with the football, but you still got to have something to kick to. you still got to have something to deliver to. We spoke about the scoring options for for the Bulldogs last week. They had a couple from, or they had three from Bruce, they had a couple from Bontempelli. English kicked a couple as well. They've got those scoring options there. If they can work out um, who plays the midfield time and put Bontempelli forward, I don't think he'll need to, to um, rush up into the midfield as much as he do, did last week against the Eagles to save the day. He could be one of their great scoring options. He could get five or six against uh, against North, and uh, I think that's where their scores are going to come. We know that the doggies in the past like to beat up on the the lesser teams, and that's one of the things that we spoke about. Gold Coast need to start doing. The Western Bulldogs have always done this. They've always been some of those you know excuse excuse for the doggies fans. They've been those pretenders. They're beat on beat down on the bad sides, and I expect no difference for them in this game. Pairs. I'm going with the the doggies for minus forty two and a half in a, in a really really big line, but I'm backing in the doggies.
1: Yeah, well, just, just reading up, and uh, Trent Dumont might be able to make his uh, return as well. So Cunnington, DeMont, Goldstein in the middle. They actually strengthen a lot. I know the Bulldogs' midfield is really strong, but I am worried uh, how they're going to continue to score. I think North, with a few of their players that are in, I'm actually going to do something that uh, is a little no, bit a little no. bit frowned upon. I'm going to back in uh, North You're going to back in
0: your favourite team, the North, plus, North Melbourne?
1: Plus 42.5. And, a half. and uh, for all the North fans that we've lost if you're still listening and you've got a North fan <laughs> and they've stopped listening to the pod because of me let them know Pez is on North at plus 42 and a
0: half. they'll be back in bunches sauce and uh, we'll get those downloads up do you know how I know you're confident Pez when you first said that you're going for North you actually use the TH there and not the yeah. traditional F that you've been <laughs> dropping so you did correct yourself in the other the other the references to it but wow that is a huge win for all North fans realistically um, and hopefully the North Melbourne can keep it competitive because I think it's important they were one of the big advocates for the Good Friday appeal they were they, they were always trying to get one of the games in there. It makes sense that they're one of the teams in there because that's where the Royal Children's Hospital is located. Same with, you know, in between Foots, uh, Footscray, Fortiscray. so that's where it's uh, good that the Western Bulldogs are here. But I'm like you, pairs like, I'm like i a bit of a traditionalist when it comes to some of these games. The Anzac game, I think, should be between Collingwood and Essendon. Um, some of those, you know, the, the Easter Monday should be Geelong and Hawthorne. And I think that, you know, most teams should have one of those traditional time slots that they can rely on for the bigger attendance, and I, I, I want North to do well in this. But so I want them only to lose by 43.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I think they're still going to lose by six goals, <laughs> but uh, I'm just going that plus 42 and a half. So we'll see how we go. And uh, it's a double header on Good Friday.
0: It is. We uh, head over to Adelaide Oval there where the surprising Crows, you know, the surprisingly good Crows have uh, been 50 50 in their game so far, split the difference. They're playing the up and coming Gold Coast Suns. And for me, this is a really, really crucial game for the Gold Coast Suns coming up against a team that, that obviously has uh, shown some great improvement, but still, uh, you know, got flogged last week by Sydney. And uh, Gold Coast did the flogging against North Melbourne. This is where they need to back it up.
1: Oh, they definitely do need to back it up against an Adelaide side. Uh, one and one, so it's not like they're 0 and 2 and they're desperate for a win over at Adelaide Oval. The Texans kicked 11 goals in two weeks oh, and he's uh, uh looking in form, but I think the defenders, Sam Collins, I think can take care of him down back. The Suns did lose Butterick last week, who's, who's a pivotal part in their defence, but it looks like Harbrow might be uh, coming in for his replacement, so I'm happy with that uh, replacement there. Sam Day, they're not going to be able to replace him with uh, anyone that's ready to go is Sam Day's calibre. But I think backing the Gold Coast to win the, to make the finals at the start of the year, I've got to back my gut there and I've got to go with Gold Coast Suns. The line's very small at minus two and a half. So the Gold Coast have to win by three or more against an Adelaide side where I predicted to be 17th on the ladder. So (laughs) I am going with that. I've been really impressed with Adelaide and their effort uh, and their ability to actually get inside 50 and have shots at goal and score. But uh, Gold Coast for me, I think they'll be too strong. No Rao, no Butterick, but just all around the ground where they are. Wits is a competitor in the Ruck. Their midfield uh, are much more uh, skillful this year and they're hitting their targets uh, and their forward line with King and Rankine at his feet really love to watch it so I'm going to watch this game with interest and and be cheering for the Gold Coast Suns.
0: Yeah Adelaide do get you know possibly uh, a bit of a defensive boost down back with Luke Brown returning from an Achilles maybe he's been training well during the week so he might be able to sort of soften the blow a little bit but I I tend to agree Pez like you know the Adelaide Crows looked amazing in round one because we saw um, Tex Walker just you know actually look engaged and a lot of the Adelaide Crows players looked engaged which they didn't from last year. Last week they sort of came, um, they got found out a little bit they still looked really engaged, they still looked good in burst but things that we've been talking about Adelaide for the last couple of years is building a consistent effort and that's one of the things that the Gold Coast Suns are really starting to build they had a really consistent uh, hit out against the Eagles really consistent against North and I think they keep the trend alive against um, Adelaide Crows and they sneak up a, uh, a nice little win away from home which which is very important for Gold Coast in making the finals. So you're on the Gold Coast
1: at the line as well. On the Gold Coast at the Morris,
0: line, yes. uh, You you love the Gold Coast, anyway. Love I love the Suns.
1: You, knew you'd be on that. We head into Easter Saturday, that we call it. We've got a what looks like a triple
0: header. Perfect timing. It's perfect for the Easter weekend. If you're not looking at going away and you're a little bit worried about the COVID bugs flying around in New South and everything being cancelled, sit at home and sit there from Thursday and enjoy a nice long weekend. And at the Saturday afternoon game, it should be an absolute flyer. Both teams two and zero. Richmond versus the Sydney Swans. Are um, uh, this one starts at 145 at the G. This will be a really big test for the Swans. A oh, big second versus third clash
1: if you, if you look <laughs> at the letter clashes after two rounds. Uh, Richmond versus Sydney, minus 25 and a half, the Richmond Tigers are. So you can get Sydney plus 25 and a half. Now, this is the problem with Richmond and their lines that are around four and five goals. They coast, they let teams in, they kick away, they let teams come back in, they don't exert too much energy or more than they need to. Sydney are up and about, you've got Buddy Franklin. Back at the MCG, where we loved watching him play for the Hawthorne Hawks. Uh, Sydney are impressive, but these young players, also, I don't think they can all keep performing at the same time. Richmond are going to be listening to the media. Oh, Sydney, everyone tipped them for outside. They're going to make the finals. I think Richmond can make a statement here. Uh, I, I don't know if they're going to, you know, put the foot on the pedal and try and win by 10 goals. But 25 and a half, if that line's a little bit higher, around the 30 mark, I'll probably back in the Swans. But being minus 25 and 25.5... I'm going to back in the Tigers to win by 26 or more just because uh, Dustin Martin, Tom Lynch, Jack Rewalt, they're going to be uh, kicking goals against the Swans and their, their defence is just so strong.
0: Yeah, most definitely. And it could even get stronger with Nick Vloston and Bashar Hooley, Damien Hardwick during the week, indicating that they could get the run. Come at the perfect time because, you know, one of the strengths of the Sydney Swans is their, their forward power. You, you sort of alluded to it with Franklin, but it's the, the young young blokes that are coming there as well. Gouldin, Wicks, Heaney, Papley, you know, McDonald getting there as well. Your man Hickey kicking a couple of snags here and there, looking like a rejuvenated player at his uh, seventh club or whatever it is. <laughs> you go up every, <laughs> every single time, week. Every time, every um, time. Yeah, they have been really impressive and you, and you are correct. Correct, it is a really risky line with the Tigers. We've sort of spoken about this a little bit. They do enough just to to, um, cruise along. They're going to get found out by one of these teams because obviously they're the the team that is hunted, but they have got that third or fourth gear that they seem to just stick in for most of the game, pop it into fifth, let Dusty go nuts for for half a quarter, kick three snags, end up with 38 or something, and end up winning the game. But Pez, only because I am down, and I I think this game is, that line is really, really bang on. I'm going to go with the Swans here. Yeah, Swans, uh, plus 25 and a half. There you go. It'll
1: be interesting to see what that line closes at. Um, and all, all credit to you going for the Swans there. Uh, hopefully um, they can put on a good show and it's not just a massive blowout at the MCG because only game on, you can't switch to another game or anything. So you want to keep your interest there. But um, Richmond just pressed here. He looks prime and ready to go. When he was at the Gold Coast and the Gold Coast lost him, they, they would have been spewing. Comes down to Richmond, wins... Three flags now, and he's a going couple, to continue a couple to go. of
0: club best and fairest as well. There, like, you know, unbelievable. And I just hope for for Sydney that Richmond don't just decide to kick this game into fifth gear right from the get go and make this a blowout, and Sydney don't recover. Hopefully, they, that's 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 the danger of this when you're playing as an up and coming side, especially with some firepower that are showing a lot of promise and everyone's talking about. I do, I do want to see a good game in a close contest, source. But now that you've tipped against me, I just want to see
1: Richmond <laughs> blow them out and maybe put into fifth gear right from <laughs> right from get go. The interesting thing with Richmond when we watch them is. Dusty Martin, he's so um, he doesn't care about himself. He, he cares about his teammates so much, and not just not just giving up the ball, but in uh, interviews and things, he, he doesn't want to talk about himself. But deep down, if he wants that
0: Brownlow, he's going to go and get it. So it's not even about um, winning the Brownlow, mate. It's just if he wants that win, that that W is just there. Like he he he's one of those rare players that we have in our AFL game. In a game where you've got 22 other blokes running around, unbelievable. It's not like basketball where you've got one player that just takes over the game. It's incredible to see a person in a game with so many people on the field literally to take the game in his own hands and just dominate. He did it against DeLong in the grand final. He's done it a couple of times. He did it against Carlton this uh, earlier in the season. You know, the Hawthorne game, it was never really in doubt. But, you know, it's really dangerous having a player like that in our league. Oh, 100%. And we move on to... Probably the match of the round next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Saints were really disappointing last week, uh, losing to Melbourne, and they take on Essendon at home at Marvel Stadium for the Bombers. This game is a 4.35 time slot. The Bombers really have to bounce back because whilst being um, giving out two really, really disappointing performances, blowing a 39-point lead and then getting blown out by over 39 points in almost the first quarter, the Bombers haven't actually had a lot of scrutiny um, thrown at them, and it's really, really interesting that the pressure really is on the Saints here because a lot of teams a lot of uh, experts are asking the questions about the Saints about you know the, the you know Bradley Hills you know him being one of the recruits now they're using him well and what's going on at St Kilda forgetting that they have so many injuries but I think this is a really really vital game for the Saints to win
1: oh 100% it is and with Essendon's injuries it, it's crazy Dyson Heppel didn't play with the back there so we don't know if he's playing but Devin Smith's going to be out Sammy Draper with that injury we spoke about is going to be out Jai Caldwell with that hamstring as well Ben Rutten's got to dig deep here and, and get into all the the whole list. He's got to look through the whole list and go,
0: who the hell am I going to play here? Um, is Jake Stringer going to come back? Well, it's an interesting one with Jake Stringer because he's, he's been a, he's footy. been available. They're just choosing not to, which shows a lot about you know the type of footy that Jake Stringer you know is capable of playing. But he's better forward than K Hooker. I guess it comes down to leadership, and that's what they're trying to do is, you know, like, is Jake Stringer a leader? And that's something that they're really missing. So I would be looking deep in the barrel and trying to find any type of uh, club leaders and, you know, not even cult heroes, but someone that can, you know, give some direction out there for some of these blokes.
1: You you know what's really scary for Essendon here is Paddy Ryder could be on his way back here. He could come home. He could join the Saints 22 here and, and be really good for that. Um, Brad Crouch as well. He's served his suspension for the uh, little drug mishap at Adelaide last year. So he'll, he'll be back as well. And uh, I don't know if Brett Ratton's going to be one to make a statement or he's going to give all, all the guys a chance to go, you know what? You're stuffed up. Let's see you back it up here. You're playing against the Nessan side, no mercy. Um, or is he going to make a statement? And if he's going to drop one player, he's going to drop Brad Hill. Back to reserves, but I don't know if he's going to make that call or not. Uh, Pretty easy one here, Sauce, because the line, because St Kilda did have such a poor performance in round two, the line's only 21.5 points, which isn't even four goals. And if St Kilda can't beat Essendon by four goals after winning a final last year, that's absolutely pathetic. So St Kilda easily in here for me.
0: Yeah, I think uh, the inclusion of Brad Cox coming into there I and mean, him, you know, he sort of got roasted a lot <laughs> during the uh, the Amazon Prime um the documentary there Jeez, because you could see he didn't want to be there. You could see he didn't want to be there, but then it was really, really articulated. You know, his his um his ability that he just doesn't defend. He's all about me, 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 and he's got a really great chance here to come out to a Saints side that used the ball really well last year and seemed really unselfish in that midfield. Hopefully, with the inclusion of him and getting the ball out to, you know, running Bradley Hill, Hill. hopefully he can hit a target going there. I sort of of think that the way he's playing a little bit, that he might be holding back an injury, because he seems to really, you know, he was an elite user of the football and just hasn't delivered that in the first two games, but in saying that Pez you're right I've tipped uh, the, the Bombers to be very very close to the bottom you know bottom four and I've tipped the Saints in the top eight so you, you've got to back in the Saints to respond and that's what good teams do and I think that they're a good team this year so I'm, I'm going with the Saints at the line well they didn't show that last round <laughs> no, but they didn't. Uh, we get Essendon here to you know go two and, two and one after
1: that you know Saints did lose to a couple of very poor teams last year and still uh, finished six so we'll see how we go
0: yeah, talking about game of the round, Piers. I think you actually read the fixture wrong. It's the next game on <laughs> yeah, this. It's the West Coast Eagles versus sauce. Port Adelaide. This is a twilight, well, not a twilight game. It's a, the eight ten time slot over at SBS Stadium. This will be an absolute cracker for a Saturday night. Just before you get into the Chockeys on Sunday, Pez, this is the game that you'll be frothing at the mouth to because this is going to Ooh, be an absolute wow. pearler. Uh, the the Port Adelaide at power have been in absolute fan, uh, absolute. Oh, they've been on fire, mate. They're, they're the highest percentage in the league. They like to win. They like to win big. Their recruits are all starring. Fantasia's been great. They've had um, Alir Alira, who has to be the steal of the, the the recruitment off season. Not only that, the every certain player that they bring in, like Mitch Georgialis comes in, boots four, and, and like he's on on the cusp of maybe missing missing the game this week. Like it's it's incredible the talent and the depth that they've got there, and you know West Coast traveling back from Melbourne, a, a really probably disappointing win. They they would have thought that they could have uh, taken that home in the last quarter. What are your thoughts, mate? How, how does this game pan out? Well, you, you
1: got to look at some of the teams here, and Luke Shuey might come back in. You've also got Georgialis, who you mentioned kicked four
0: goals. Does he <laughs> make his way out for? Uh, Todd Marshall there? It was a late inclusion for Todd Marshall. Like, if yeah. Todd Marshall's ready, they obviously believe that he's... Uh, you know, Todd Marshall... In Being look, dropped out for four goals is pretty rough, isn't it? Well, maybe they'll make him the even that I reckon that's even more of a kick in the guts because <laughs> you don't get to play. At least you <laughs> can go down to the snaffle and just kick, you know, seven or eight goals down there. You know what else I'm seeing?
1: He's kind of rosy. He might also be available here. So, Port Adelaide, they've got some tough calls to make. Heading over west, are they going to, you know... Not rest a few players, but get a few players out there because they've got other players to replace them. West Coast really needs Shuey back in that midfield. Nat Nui's going to dominate in the ruck, as he always does. Uh, The West Coast tall forwards there. I'd like Aliyah Aliyah to be able to stop some of that drive uh, in the forward line. I like Port Adelaide's run, Mm -hmm. and I've seen a few games at Optus, especially the Fremantle GWS, where Fremantle were able to run it through the midfield, and it's kind of like what Port Adelaide do. So I I think Port Adelaide can do that and, and chop... West Coast up in that middle because West Coast at the moment, some of their midfielders just aren't running hard enough the other way. So I think Port Adelaide can get the ball over the top with that link of uh, Zach Butters and get it to their forward line. And their forward line is so potent with uh, Charlie Dixon as the main target, but you don't even have to kick it to him. Uh-huh. You, you could spend a whole quarter not kicking it to him and you'd still make uh, good choices everywhere else. So uh, it's a pick 'em game. There's no line here at the moment, source. Uh, odds are very close together. So I'm just going to pick uh, Port Adelaide to win. I think they want that top spot of the ladder and they want uh, that record and stay on top spot. And West Coast, they're going to struggle a bit after losing this one, but they're at home. I know they didn't lose last
0: year until the finals at uh, Optus Stadium, but interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the games that Port Adelaide would have circled at the start of the season as their round one because the first two games they played pushovers in Essendon and North Melbourne. And I think that they really didn't even put it out of cruise control against both of those opponents. This one here, they will be working hard, they'll be looking at the tapes. And I just looked at their pairs. I didn't realise that Tom Rockliffe had spent the first two games as the sub. Tom Rockliffe has been the sub for the first two weeks. That's how deep this team is. And I tend to agree with you. Like, you know, Aaliyah Aaliyah can do um, the job down back on some of those tall forwards. They've also got Tom Jonas, who was in, you know, in all Australian form last year. Dan Houston, we said, much improved last year, running off that back line and really being able to stop. They've got superstars or potential superstars at every sort of lineup there. You're right with what their forward line brings. They've got so many different things. Robbie Gray. Butters, Motlop, Fantasia, and then you've got Ollie Wines, Dersma, you know, and then some of those other blokes that we spoke about, and you know, Georgialis and Marshall. You know, imagine both of those blokes. Put, pl- put, like, <laughs> put Rosie in there as well. And like, maybe that's the only sort of deficiency they have is that they've got too much talent. Uh, and it's a bit of a – you know, if you overthink it, you can put the wrong people in. But uh, if it's a pick and game, Piers, I'm all over Port Adelaide in this one. Uh, I think that the West Coast Eagles – they just don't have the the depth to go with them just yet. They they miss that run through the midfield and Port Adelaide. We know they love that run through the midfield and if you turn it over, they will hurt you. Yep, and uh, I think they can do it. It's it's hard at Optus Stadium, but Port Most Adelaide definitely. we
1: think is uh, probably the better side. So. Um, it's only a short trip over there Not like everyone else Travelling over there So they won't it. be fatigued Bo- Both on port They won't be fatigued They've played more They've played no one They've <laughs> only played one game of footy Realistically yeah. uh, And maybe not even Maybe three <laughs> quarters But uh, we move on to Easter Sunday Only two games Because there is an Easter Monday Clash as well
0: And I can't wait to get into That Monday time slot Easter Monday The Hawks <laughs> versus, the, versus I was about to say the Swans then I can't even say my own team But the, the Geelong Cats But let's get through Carlton and Fremantle This game is a really Really tough one Fremantle looked impressive Last week against the who do we know who they are, really giants. And uh, Carlton have been Owen 2 for, you know, as we mentioned on the last show, nine years where they've started Owen 2 Owen 3 is going to be really tough for them. Um, I'm really interested to hear about your thoughts with this one, Pez, because I was high on Carlton coming into it, but I'm, I'm slowly starting to change my opinion of them. <laughs> After being on
1: them very, very hard last I week, was, Sauce. yes. Um, the line here is minus 15.5 in Carlton's favour. Uh, a big reason for that, I think, is it's at Marvel and Nat Fife with his concussion. Yeah. Uh, I think this could be our first person that is actually ticked off by the AFL and could make his return. Uh, But at the moment, you've got to pick this game with Nat Fife out of the side. Walters could come in to replace him. So, you know, not a like for like, but Walters is a a decent player in himself. I think that Levi Casbolt is a struggler. He can take a mark. He's been doing it for years. He can't kick the footy. He's not an AFL standard player. You've got to get him out of there. I cannot believe Source that Oscar McDonald did not play last week after coming on as the medical sub in round one and actually showing something, kicking two goals very quickly and winning every contest he was involved in. So get Casbold out, uh, get Oscar McDonald in and I've got to go Carlton by 16 or more here. I think Owen two, it's going to have, have a fire in the belly and they're going to go, you know what? Shit, we're not just going to win games. We actually have to put in the effort and we've got to do this. Uh, Carlton, this is your last chance. You go Owen three. You know we're near playing finals this year, so uh, a Fremantle side full of confidence and the young guys. I don't think their run will be as successful at Marvel Stadium as it is over at Optus, uh, and Nat Fife, if he is on the sidelines, definitely a Carlton 16-plus.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting, this one, because you know the late news of Jack Martin and Zach Fisher most likely missing um, were really big outs, especially if they were going to bring in Eddie Betts, and I know you don't like him, but Jack Silvani does add some depth to that sort of forward line that they had there. So 15-and-a-half is a really, really tricky one, because... You just don't know what the Carlton are going to deliver. They seem okay with just cruising and then turning it on in slots. Um, You know, Walters coming back to this side, it's really disappointing for Fremantle because you put Walters in there and Fife in there and this game is a lot closer, and I'm probably leaning towards Fremantle, but the game, you're right, I've been on on Carlton. I'm starting to shift my decision. I'm going with Carlton Blues one last time, minus 15.5. If they are going to be that team... That uh, I've I've mispicked and I've misread and then I need to jump off them early. It's their last chance for me, Pez. The Blues by the line. There you go. In agreement there, but Nat Five, you put Nat Five in their Source, just hypothetically. Question without notice. You go the Fremantle plus fifteen and a half if it's there. I mean, if you're in cl- the same the same Carlton that's about to line up. So no Jack Martin, no Silvani. You know, yep. no Eddie Betts. If they played the same team as last week, no. This team, yeah, I probably would take the fifteen and a half because I feel like the line wouldn't be fifteen and a half. Then you, probably you, close to seven.
1: You agree with me though that Oscar McDonald needs to come into that side. Oh, I, don't play-
0: I don't know how he's not playing. I don't know how he's not playing. Levi Casbolt, whilst offering some great hands up forward, he's just not snagging goals. So he kicked I, out in the full at the yeah. start last
1: week, and that would have been that would have been a great start for Carlton. Collingwood go down and get the first goal. It's, it's uh, all, all horses for courses after that.
0: All horses for courses, exactly right, Pez. And speaking of teams that I have jumped off, Pez, I cannot jump off. Uh, Quick enough for the GWS Giants. It's taken me four years, but they take <laughs> on the Melbourne Demons. And I oh, you know what? I'm not even gonna uh, I'm not even gonna talk about this game because I'm, I'm on uh, Melbourne at the line. I don't even need to talk about it because we're gonna say the same things we always do. They've got the talent, they've got this, they're not playing for their coach. I, I just I, I can't continually say that talent is enough. Maybe you raised a question on the podcast on Monday night and you said, well, maybe, maybe we're overrating the talent. Maybe they're not that good, but Individually you still look at these names and they're still good But they're just not performing So for me it's Melbourne
1: (laughs) They're very very simple and very blunt their source uh, With GWS disappointing a lot of punters last week uh, With uh, Freo uh, overrunning them very easily Uh, Melbourne head up there after a good win against the Saints They've got a very strong back line with uh, Stephen May down there Max Gorn floats through and as well, Lever as well, Lever as, Lever Lever off, as well, uh, from from Adelaide. So very very good. Their forward line, you know, they still haven't got Ben Brown in there, but they do have players that can come up and, and snag. They've got Neil Bullen who runs around between seventy and fifty and kicks it inside fifty. There, Fritch who can take a mark inside fifty and kick for goal. Tom McDonald has been doing that a little bit, which is uh, a little bit strange to what he's been doing the past few years. But minus eight and a half is pretty low. GWS are going to have all the. Articles and everything scattered around there doesn't their seem climate. to matter. Doesn't seem to matter for them. And you just can't back them in. They're an they're an 0-2 side after losing terribly to the Saints in round one and then terribly to Fremantle. Um, that's embarrassing. I think uh, the best call, if I was in charge of GWS, uh, I would come out tomorrow and sack the coach, uh, even this early on, and try and get the boys fired up and try and actually push for finals because you've got a list that n- with names. Could do it, we think. Um, but they're not going to do it with Leon Cameron here. I think Melbourne, if they coach themselves, because I don't rate Simon Goodwin as a coach either, but Melbourne to win by nine. I'm on Melbourne as well, Source, because I can't jump and keep going for the Giants because they just don't show any heart. They didn't show anything last week on Sunday afternoon. Watch them come out and win, win by 50 now. Watch them come out and win by 50. And if they do, all credit to we'll them. we will be back on them. But <laughs> I won't be back on them as long as Leon Cameron is in charge because we've seen that the players do not want to play for him. Are they playing for themselves? Are they playing for stats? I don't know what the hell they're doing. Um, they need to be a lot more impressive and they, their ball movement needs to improve. But the biggest thing, their effort and tackling pressure needs to improve and make it hard for the other team to score. Not just let a young Fremantle side, go running side 50, handball it, have an easy shot for goal under no pressure and uh, get the crowd behind them. So Melbourne minus eight and a half and stuff the Giants at the moment.
0: Yeah, I think the best thing for the football club would be for them to lose against Melbourne and really get belted and embarrassed um, because yep. then the hard decisions have to be made and you know, he's not actually, Leon Cameron's not actually making those decisions in, in dropping them. He's dropped one or two players the last couple of years but then they go straight back into the side. There needs to be some accountability. There's none there at the moment. Let's go the Ds in that one. <laughs> I'm with you Easter Monday Easter Monday I'm going to go to this game It's going to be fantastic Cannot wait I love, Speaking of traditions This is one of the great traditions Geelong versus Hawthorne Always put up a great game No matter where they're Later on the position This one's a 320 at the G A Geelong home game For this one So I'll make sure I make the trek down I don't know if my GPS Knows uh, the, the way there Where the MCG is <laughs> No But uh, it, uh, it's going to be um, Some hopefully Some interesting ins. So Gary Rowan Obviously is out With a couple of weeks um, And you know It's probably come, come A little bit too late Him coming out Because we're always Talking about Gary Rowan, whether it's been stupid decisions or that he's not actually playing good football or he pops up and kicks seven out of nowhere, you know, probably three is more, the, the realistic stat there, but going to be a really interesting game this one. Um, Hawthorne haven't been um, impressive and they've sort of, you know, we, we talked about them last week as being sort of a, a, a no comment game because they just sort of just, they're just in cruise control, but they haven't got the, the elite talent there to be able to be cruising. They weren't haven't been impressed in their first two games. But uh Geelong are lacking a lot through that midfield. No Menagola, no Duncan, no danger field. It's gotta help
1: you Monday though. Easter Monday. It gives them an extra chance. Menegola, Duncan could possibly return.
0: Possibly. I mean that shoulder injury from round two for Menagola probably against if you're playing a side that is, is, is you know vowing for the eight, you might put him in and risk him. But I would think that uh Geelong would back in their list, even you know, the depleted list to to beat them. So I would see him probably rest another week. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting here. Like 22 and a half is a little bit less than four
1: goals. That, that line we kind of talk. I think they've got the line right here. the bookies and you could go either way. Um, I don't think Hawthorne are going to actually win the game. Will Day was impressive when he was on the ground and he's he's going to be out as well. So Scrimshaw was the sub that came on for him, so he might replace him there. Is Chad Wingard going to come in and provide them something in that midfield as well? It's probably another week away, I reckon. We Yeah, we just... Uh, well, t- it's on Monday, isn't it? So when are we going to know the team? Sunday night. How ridiculous is <laughs> ridiculous. that? Ridiculous. Um, Twenty-two and a half. The Cats they got away with one last week. Do they have to make a statement? They probably only have to win by three goals and you know win comfortably there. But uh, no Jeremy Cameron in sight. Still, uh, their forward line they they do need something inserted in there. Uh, with Guthrie though in that middle, Tom Hawkins in in the ruck in the forward fifty uh, and being able to kick goals there. I'm, I'm going to go with the Cats to win by twenty-three or more. Not. A lot of confidence in it, but I, th- I think they can win by around five goals. So the Cats for me.
0: Yeah, what I like about the Cats is even though they've got those big names out there, there's still enough consistent names there. You've got Duncan, my man Guthrie, Jordan Clark, and Constable. Look, you know they looked really good last week. Um, you know Selwood when he seems to be a step up an extra level in these big games, and I expect no difference on uh, on the on, you know Monday. Well, about to say the weekend, but it's not really weekend, <laughs> is it? Monday. Um, and the thing that I like most about the Cats is the one thing that you know they really struggled in that round one against Adelaide is their backline. They've got you know those big names back in Tui, Tommy Stewart. You know Henderson actually has been looking a lot better. Blitzars has been able to play a more natural role. O'Connor did a fantastic job on Neil. I'm backing in the the Cats obviously, Pez, to, to get it done probably by thirty something points.
1: Yeah, one thing you do Have to be scared of is Alistair Clarkson against Isaac Smith.
0: Yeah, will be the first time there's, as well. There's been a lot of chatter about that actually, just but see what happens. Isaac Smith, realistically, um, he hasn't had made a lot of impact despite kicking that uh, give me goal that realistically it would have been better if Tom Hawke had just uh, swung it over the beat. But <laughs> the most unselfish footballer there. Though, I mean, that's that's two games that Isaac Smith has won for the Cats, actually. And, you know, he's short. Yeah, work. we know that. Yeah, he he, he <laughs> did win <we won>. one. <laughs> the Cats would have thanked him for that. you reckon they thanked him for that when he oh, dropped yeah. up to training.
1: Surely on his locker there would have been uh, Isaac, Isaac Smith or <laughs> yeah. something like that. <laughs> Thanks for missing that goal in the <laughs> final, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, both on the Cats. But Hawthorne, yeah, they're going to always fight when they've got Alison in there. So... Um that, that gives it all. Let's see how many we've got different there. We've got the Bulldogs and North where we're head-to-head their source. The Richmond-Sydney game, we're head-to-head. So there's two,
0: and that's it. Oh, so I still can't catch up. You still can't catch up, but it's a long season. You've <laughs> got to go season. the whole round. You can't just try and catch up. The whole season, not the um, whole round. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> whole season, mate. We, we make sure we, we, we... I'll get you. I'll we're get we're you. I a like a challenge. Three. You can't come
1: out. It, you've got, got like to love a challenge. A challenge. <laughs> exactly right. So uh, looking forward to the Easter weekend of footy. Um, absolutely love it. Make sure you jump on at Behind the bound Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Get all around it. I've been Pez. Peace out. I'm still Source. We'll catch up next time,
0: guys.